So if you're listening to this right now, you're probably wondering why you're not listening to intro music and you're instead listening to the sound of my voice. Well, I wanted to warn everyone that the audio, especially early on, is not great. Now, we were dealing with a new, a new set of circumstances. We're in Marler's new house, different setup than anything we've ever done before, tried out something new, and it did not sound as we intended it to. So we apologize. We are so sorry for that. Definitely still, please, please listen and know that we'll be going back to our traditional setup this week. Our audio will sound much, much better, but please bear with the bad audio. I promise something like this won't happen again. We figured out what the issue was, but um, the audio is not great. So please just, please just trust us that it'll get better and enjoy the podcast. Enjoy all the great reactions that Marler had from Bama LSU. Welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor Guerra. Just another ho-hum weekend in the SEC. Yes, we're cracking beers. That's that's a nice, a nice fresh PR. We're cracking a lot of beers. I've been drinking all day. We're so I, don't even, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> we are cracking beers at 11 a.m. Sunday morning. We were in Georgia. Um, I'm still in Georgia. We were there for the the Mizzou Georgia game. That's the only thing that happened in the SEC this weekend. I don't know where I'm physically located currently. I'm just in a dark, dark place into a deep emotional abyss. You're taking this better than I, than I thought. Obviously, we're going to talk a ton of LSU, Bay. yeah, a ton. We're going to talk about the rest of the SEC. We're going to talk about some big picture things, kind of moving forward playoff scenarios. We're going to yell at Alabama. We're gonna we're gonna do everything. We're gonna tell you about our weekend. Had an awesome weekend. Got to meet a lot of you listeners. Really, really cool weekend to be able to be here and experience that. Love being able to do this. But before we do all that, and we will get to it, I promise you. Got to tell you about our friends over at Sweet Hop. Marla, I didn't put this in the ad read to poke at you. This is just part of it. With LSU's big win in Tuscaloosa, this is. We're getting dangerously close to knowing whose team will be represented at this year's SEC Championship game in Atlanta. Barring a miracle, it will be LSU. Not my champion. It will be LSU and it will be Georgia, barring a miracle. We all know that this game is always a tough ticket. It's going to be really tough this year. And that's why we're letting you all know about the great opportunity that you have to hook your group up with a luxury suite at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All thanks to our friends at Sweet Hop. Sweet Hop works with the companies that own the suites on long-term contracts to make them available to SEC fans like you for the big game. The currently available suites comfortably hold groups of 18 to 30 and give you a chance to watch the game inside VIP parking, extra wide seats, TVs for replays, your own dedicated food and beverage, and no lines for the bathroom. Bottom line. How many times did I pee yesterday at uh, that suite? 15, 16? Minimum. That's, it, was, it was so clutch. It's a lot of pee. Uh, bottom line, the suite life is the way to go for the championship game. But did you know that Sweet Hop can hook you up with suites and seats in shared suites and other events too? From concerts and pro sports to Supercross, shout out Barrett Tilly, and family events, Sweet Hop can upgrade your events experience all across North America. Never any hidden fees. An amazing personalized customer service will make you want to start Sweet Hopping for all your events from now on. Saturday Down South listeners can take $500, that's 500 American dollars, off any SEC Championship purchase by using the promo code SDS. Just head to sweethop.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-H-O-P.com and use the code SDS for $500 off any SEC Championship suite booking. Marlon, you were right. 
That's how I'm going to start this off saying this. I know everybody is expecting me to just tee off on you from the jump. And I don't, and I appreciate that, but I don't know why they would. And it was brought up already by a lot of people that you should or other people should roast me. For what? For what? I have have been spot on about, I was wrong about the defense. We'll get into all this. But I just want to know, for what am I am I being roasted by? Because for, if you're a Bama fan, for some of the stuff I saw online, it's because I'm not a real Bama fan because I picked against Alabama. And if you're an LSU fan, because I was hedging, or like, no. I, you, I, I said before coming in, so you predicted LSU to win this game. Yeah. Obviously, this this loss is is just a new a new experience for for Bama fans having just dominated this rivalry. First win for LSU against Alabama since 2011. Everybody knows all this stuff. Game of the century. But you said coming into this game, and you provided a million reasons yeah. as to why LSU was going to win this game. So before we well, get into any like needling or like, hey, yeah. you know, this sucks for you, sucks for Bama fans, all that. I, I wanted to get that out in front that you were correct in your that. assessment of this game. And, and so, and for those of you who don't know, and I, I really do appreciate that because the thing is this: like, it's <clears throat> what really bothers me, and I'm just going to be. I want everyone that's listening to this to know that I'm going to be as open and candid regrettably probably but and like vulnerable as like and just as and honest as I always try to be and when I made what really bothered me about this and I flipped out at halftime of this yesterday because of the things that were being said and like I overreacted and like you know it's in the heat of the moment with some of these games but what made me so mad is that like I, I put in a lot of effort we both do to, to what we do you and, put in and more I, effort to your prediction and breakdown of this game than I did I, this has been a really cool like job and experience and uh, obviously I'm quitting after today because the damn lost. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but like I, I, what I really like want to, I love doing what I do, but I also like being able to feel like I'm presenting a knowledgeable reason for things and like an understanding of the game and, and all, because I didn't play college football and like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know all the X and O's like an ins and outs as, like, as well as, as every, you know, some people, but I do like what I'm good at is, you know, being able to research sets or being able to like, you know, be honest and give takes that aren't hedging. It's just try to trying to be so, as self-aware as possible with fans and, and with like your team. And so the stats aside, because <clears throat> again, like I was wrong about a lot of things, the Bama defense, like they, the secondary looked awful, all those things. I was but, saying that this wasn't going to be a big, I yeah. said coming in, this wasn't going to look like a big 12 championship that we're expecting. Right. And then it's sure enough. That's what yeah. played out. But, but I think what like bothered me yesterday or what, like I was like upset about, was I really was trying? I put a lot of effort into the, the the research into it, but the the thing that I said the most had nothing to do with stats. It had everything to do with mentally tough, being mentally tough, mm-hmm. and and I didn't know if once Bama got punched in the mouth because they hadn't been since Clemson, how they were going to respond. And I didn't know. I said last year in October, I thought two was soft, and all those things. That's what frustrated me more than anything. It was like, man, I was actually right. I didn't want to be right. Admittedly, I do did. not want. I want my yeah. team to win. Yeah, but that. You know, that's where we were. And it was like, oh, God dang it. I'm not even going to get credit for that. And Bama, and Bama gets punched in the mouth and is down 33 to 13 at half. And I think, like, even if you were expecting LSU to win this game, you weren't expecting a start quite like that in Tuscaloosa on the road. We, we know what ultimately happens, you know, with... They got punched in the mouth and then, like, punched themselves in the mouth several times. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I mean, it was Bama, like, what are you, stop hitting yourself. Bama played far from a perfect game. <clears throat> Joe Burrow gets carried off the field and Dose. has this... <laughs> 
this moment that I think LSU fans have just been dreaming for, waiting for an emotional, yeah. an emotional scene. It was, and you know, the Heisman favorite, obviously, all that stuff is there. Really, really cool to see the welcome reception that he got when he got back to, or when he was, uh, when he got back to, to Baton Rouge at the airport, and everybody's greeting him. He gets a hero's welcome, all that stuff. What an incredible show! Let's start with LSU first. Yeah, this showing from the LSU offense that had just been building to this point and building and building. And we saw LSU's most recent game against Auburn a couple weeks ago, and we're thinking, all right, maybe there's a chink in the armor. And LSU looked like, no, 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 no. There's no way that you can contain us for 60 minutes. And everything that we've been saying all year about this is a new LSU team, this is a new LSU team, it absolutely was. And the spots that that Joe Burrow put his team in, along with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was just unbelievable in this game you tip your cap to LSU for not being afraid of the moment and we were watching so on Friday you know like I get into Atlanta and we're watching all these replays of LSU game <laughs> over the years all these replays during the streak this eight-year streak and I kept saying to you during these moments how does LSU lose this game when it's you know it's a tie game and it's two and a half minutes left and LSU's in field goal position and they did everything possible to lose games down the stretch and choke it away and Joe Burrow in these moments in the fourth quarter when Bam is coming back, it's coming back, and you're like, is this about to happen again? Like this this surely this can't happen. Yeah, this happened. said that out loud, I was not thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and like, what if this happened to this LSU fan yeah. base again? But then well, when I looked at you at one point during that when we were watching, I said, you know what'll be really interesting tomorrow is this is a team that has lost eight straight years. And so that that is in it's their their uh, it's gotta be in the back of your mind. We talked to Hester about that. Like, yeah. 29 0 is in the back of your mind. And I, I think with fans, especially like as much as they like the whole overconfidence thing they had going into it, you know, they might not want to admit it, but they they there definitely is that like little bit of fear in the back of your mind. Like, is this you know, in the same way with Bama and Clemson, like, okay, this is the first game we've played since like a really good team. Um, I, I said to you, I said, it'll be interesting to see if they if they have the chance to put the game away late, like they have in these other games that they blew. Will they get conservative, try to just like run the football, run the clock out yep. and, and stop running their offense? And we saw immediately at the end of the first half, <clears throat> first off, when they could have just taken the field goal and gotten points, whatever. Still no, it. They had their foot on the gas. I mean, like it was a effing fast and furious movie, like the entire damn game. The aggressiveness was unbelievable. It was what we've we've come to, to expect from this LSU team. It was what we saw against Texas. It's what we've been seeing down the stretch. And it's something that I, I think that we, we sort of take for granted, but... You know, what they've been able to do against elite defenses to beat four top 10 teams in a, in a year. I mean, four top 10 teams in a year. We're not even, you know, in the postseason yet or anything like that. Here is your stat of the day, stat of the weekend. Right. Coach O, since the start of 2017, since he became the full-time coach at LSU, shed the interim tag, he now has nine wins against top 10 teams in the AP poll. That is as yep. many as Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney combined. Now I understand they, when you don't have the, the the conference championship, you don't have you know even a, a division title yet. Obviously, that's going to be the knock against you. Getting over that hump and beating Bama though just sort of solidifies this belief. And I and I wrote about this shameless plug for SDS. You can find the story as well as our fantastic coverage from our news team who just crushed it on Saturday. And there's so much great stuff for both sides, Bama LSU, but like. This belief that Coach O is just a caricature, and I know we, you know, we do Ed talks and we we do the imitation, all this stuff. Dude is an elite top ten coach, and anybody still arguing that needs to take a hike. Yeah, remember when I presented all that all this off season and gave you all those numbers. We both we were both in that. Game. Yeah, we were both in that. Game. I and that's and listen, I, I've it's this has been like 
I don't want anything to, anything I said about, you know, me being bummed or not getting credit for it. That's not the takeaway from yesterday that I have. I don't, I should have, I probably shouldn't have opened with that. The takeaway I have from yesterday, the, the team that deserved to win won the game. Absolutely. And, and, and I will say it's, it hurts to say that the better team won this game. And, you know, there's no part of me that will ever say <laughs> that Ed Orgeron is a better football coach than Nick Saban. No, of course but not. But what he was able to do yesterday, and, and, and it's, it's we, we, we talk about all the time how cool it is to watch somebody that's that passionate about what they do and for the people he's doing it for. And you saw that yesterday. It means more to him. It, it, it means, means more to everyone like on that team. It meant more to that offense. It meant more to Hilaire. It meant more to Burrow. It meant, I, I tell you, it meant more for anyone that was that was going to be tackled by Trayvon Diggs. Uh, that's, I mean, for real though, like yeah. it, you could just tell that grit, that toughness, that like that they had the confidence, the mindset going into this game. We're not, we're not going to lose. We're the better team. And they were, the Clyde, and they were, they finally got it right. The Clyde Edwards, Hilaire touchdown that he had where Diggs goes for the strip and it's on the sideline and you're thinking there's no way he's going to get a first down, yeah. much less a touchdown. Yeah, and then he's able to to bypass multiple Alabama defenders. I thought he was such a difference maker. He's incredible, a different change of pace guy. And I said, you know, somebody asked, I did, a, I did a, ask me anything on our in our Facebook group on Friday, and somebody the first question I think was from uh, uh, Justin, Georgia fan, Justin. Mm-hmm. I, I'm Justin L. I'm gonna, I don't want to butcher the pronunciation of your last name. He said, "Who's the most underrated player in the SEC?" I said, "Clyde edwards Hilaire. Yeah. And I think Saturday kind of showed that this guy is is absolutely special. He's this yards after contact man. That's I kept saying this before, and it's, oh, like, and so I think, and and this is again, this is not a knock or like a, an excuse for Bama. I don't want anyone to take it that way. It, but the difference in this game, I said it last night. I, I looked at you and I was like staring out the window of the car, and I was like, <sighs> and I, was, I said. I don't know if I if I can remember a single play where an LSU player fell backwards when they were being tackled, and they they were tougher. They like they the, the entire game. LSU gets to the gets this ultimate post game celebration, and I, I hate that this was released, but it was, and it's out there, so we have to talk <clears> about it. I'm not a fan, obviously, of, of players you know posting stuff on social media that's meant for just the locker room, but that was the case. There was a video that, of course, went viral. It was highly scrutinized of Coach O, you know, dropping an, an F, a roll tide F Bama, you know, type, yeah, type post game speech. And obviously, he's we're gonna on. kick their ass in recruiting. We're gonna kick their ass every time we see him. Roll tide, what F you? And I tell you what, upset many. It upset many. It's so, and I'm trying to be as objective and not uh, like about this as possible because you guys all know we. Lo- I love Coach O. He's great, man. He's, he's, it's hard not to love that guy. My my devil's advocate comment from that is what coaches what other coaches get away with that? What other coaches get away with the locker room? Because, because that thing was, I believe, taken down and then it still got reposted and it's, it's everywhere. Still up somewhere. And, and, and I guarantee you, LSU's not LSU as a as a fan base, LSU as a team, LSU probably as a as a, as a university in the F department is not not proud of that. And that's because this is such a huge win, and you finally after after eight games, you get that monkey off your back and, and all that kind of stuff. I was disappointed in the fact that we celebrate stuff like this when he says it. And I, I can't imagine if the coach from the other locker room, and you guys know exactly who I'm talking about, said anything remotely close to that. It would be a national blank show. If Saban or Dabo said something like this, we'd criticize him in a different way. With Coach O, he's, he's given more a pass because, you know, to, you know, he's been criticized. Yeah. He's been criticized throughout this and everybody's been waiting for this type of moment for him and right. because he is more beloved as a personality. Mm-hmm. That is that is a huge part of it. So, it's, it's more, like we said this too, it's refreshing to see 
the like the lack of just generic coach speak after the games because you do you know that's what he's doing in the locker room anyway. Yeah. So it is refreshing to, to know that, like he is being authentic and genuine, all that kind of stuff. I, I was just the reaction to everyone to it was surprising to me. He played it down all week. Of, you know, this is just another game. We still, you know, we still have to to do so many other things this year. And he said that after the game, you know, we still got to be able to focus on Ole Miss, all that stuff, but. Anybody watching that game and watching a teary-eyed coach out knew how much you know that meant to him. And he even had a great quote where he's like, "You know, every time I go into a local Seven Eleven and, and get a and get a Red Bull, he's like, you know, got to be Bama, got to be Bama." Yeah. Everybody's telling him that, and finally, he's able to say, you know, we we beat him, we, yeah. we got him, and we we did what I set out to do when I was hired here. Something that that nobody thought I was capable of. And, and, you know, to his credit, he has made all the right moves assembling this team that is just, this team was built for for this moment. The hiring of Joe Brady, the the decision Man, to bring Joe Burrow on board. Game. But yeah, so we're, but by the time we were getting home from, uh, from <laughs> yeah, Athens, We were pulling onto our street to the, yeah. to the house. <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, they're negotiating Joe Brady's next contract. That's like, great, They man. seriously are. And it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, too. And, and I, you know, like... But, and, and I think the cool thing for, for Orgeron and the cool thing for LSU fans especially, especially for the fans, man, and, and this is why I genuinely love football so much is my, like my team lost. My team lost. And actually, my team didn't lose. My team got beat, yep. right? And and so, but growing up around this, man, like I remember growing up with like, you know, Bama during the Peyton Manning years Tennessee and those losing seven games in a row to them and, and Kentucky fans last year. Like this is something like after after they, they lost, beat they beat Florida and then, you know, like Georgia when they beat Florida, uh, like 97 especially stands out. But like those those days, like these these days, these games, you will remember this forever as a fan. You, you, it's it's so cool that that you get to experience that. Um, so yeah, like I, I get the elation from it. Shout out to uh, Sean Larkin and, uh, and yeah. Halby for giving us a call. On our <laughs> just, uh, LSU fans, Sean Larkin, and Nick Lat- Halby were on my level of that Facebook Live level of drunk when they called us. But it was it was they were so happy, man. They were so happy. Like you know what? It was cool. Is we we joke around about this, but how like it's it might mean too much. There are so many people that told me, and I'm not saying these two were doing this. I'm just saying, like in general, I saw it all over Twitter, all over social media. There are so many people that were just like embracing their families and their friends, and just this like such pure joy, crying like tears of joy from this game. It's awesome to see, man. Sports matter. Sports, Sports matter. matter. LSU. That's my take. <laughs> LSU is is officially, in case there was any doubt, officially America's team. Yeah, they're going to get away with everything. Yeah, they're going to get not on the field, but with with the media, they're going to get away with everything. Yeah, they are. They are the feel good story in college football this year. All right, we have to talk some Bama things because there are some interesting short term, long term questions about this as we we, Did break, we even down. break down the game. Yeah, I mean, to, to a certain extent, everybody you know, everybody in the world was watching this game. If you want a full breakdown of it. Tons of stuff, as I said, on SDS, full breakdown yeah. of the game, you know, key plays and all that, all those different things. But I, I think the, some of the interesting things with Bama, and we'll, we'll break down this play right here. You know, the, the question coming in that everybody had was, is Tua going to be healthy? Is he going to look like himself? That first drive, he start, he's throwing the ball all over the place, and everybody's saying, Tua looks fine. He looks great. Knife, meat, butter. And Three then, plays, 74 yards. And then the fumble that he has where he's, you know, it looks like he was trying to switch, you know, whatever hand the ball was in. And he just, the ball just popped loose. But he was holding it in his right hand. And I yeah. think that's a little bit atypical for it. But it looks like he was sort of compensating for his ankle. wasn't running as smooth as he usually does. And he fumbles that ball there. And then you're kind of led to believe, okay, there is still something there. This isn't 100% too, obviously. And that's what proved to be the case. I'm not saying that. That Tua, you know, was the reason that that they lost that game. Guys throws for over 400 yards, four touchdown passes. Uh, How much of a factor, though, do you think this 
that the ankle injury had just on Alabama's day in general? I think, I mean, Saban brought it up afterwards, which is the only only person I believed when they said it. When Tua made that stupid Instagram post about one leg or not, I did not like that at all. I don't know if you guys saw it, but basically it was just like, the game needed love, so I gave it all my heart or something. Like, I didn't like that because the last thing I want to see after a loss like that was the excuses because for me, and I'm going to be very critical of him, very, like anybody that's been upset for me yelling at their team, and I'm going to say anybody, I mean only Georgia fans who have brought this up mercilessly. Yeah, like, like I'll be very critical of Alabama and Tua on this because going into this, I said what, what scares me, we got the ball first, which I did not like. Um, but don't like that. Don't like that. But what I, you know, like the, the play before that fumble, he rolls out to his left, uh, and we had just every single every single play we had called had worked. Everything was working. Rolls out to his left. He's got Najee Harris wide open for a touchdown. LSU defender, I think it was Lawrence, uh, you know, gets like gets a batted ball, knocks it out. So it's third down, then he fumbles the next play. What I kept worrying about all week is when mistakes like that are made, how mentally tough would Bama be to forget about it, move past it? How how like what kind of like mental fortitude do you have as a competitor to one move past that and then also will your team to victory? And one quarterback on that field yesterday had that. And I said it before the game, and that was Joe Burrow. And I, I don't put this loss on Tua. What I do put on Tua is we don't have a quarterback. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country. He, it, there's no denying that. You can't. If anybody looks at this tape and says, "Well, yeah, two is not as good because he didn't play. He only puts up numbers because he didn't play anybody." Blah, blah blah. You're an idiot. I'll just say that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Shut up. Just just stop that argument. What he's not one of the best at is having that just inner that dog that dog in him that I kept saying, and that's and that's what that's what frustrated me because. You know, once we got behind early, the wheels the wheels kind of fell off. At the end, you had to get to halftime for saving to be like, it, like it was like he got lost at a, a damn grocery store. He's like, "Where's my mom? I got to reset." It was it was it was bad. It's impossible not to juxtapose Burrow and Tua in this game when there was one instance where I think it was third and twenty three, and the play breaks down where Bama gets great pressure on the outside, and Burrow looks ahead and is like. I legitimately believe that I can pick up a first down with my legs on third and 23 yeah. running up the gut. Mm-hmm. I believe I'll do whatever I can. And I'm, I'm, I watch in this moment, and you're thinking to yourself, like, there's no way he's going to pick this up. Or well, he didn't, but yeah. And he, he gets 16 yards, the but effort. he fought for every last yard. I think yard. He got more than that, too. I think he was, yeah. like, four yards short. It was, yeah. it was really... Just an amazing play. Like, Burrow does those little things like that that just kind of make you wonder, man, like... What's what's separating good from great? What's separating getting over the hump and winning that that game against an elite opponent? Because right. you need to have moments like that. And I'm not you know criticize Tua and say like oh he's not tough necessarily for, I am. for that effort. I know I know you are. Like we we yeah. disagree on that. But I think it's interesting that that Bama now and the the thing that people are going to keep bringing up people that want to just bury Bama at this <laughs> point are going to bring up the fact that in the last two games when they've had to play legitimate top five opponents dating back to Clemson yeah. last year in the national championship. They have been their defense has just been trucked. When we're not used to seeing that from Saban. Yeah. LSU scored more points against I believe this is correct. LSU scored more points against a Saban coached Alabama defense than any team has. Yeah. And and so and, and when I say a question too is toughness on the on, I meant that play. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I like going out there, I, I have no doubt he was injured. I mean, I don't but I don't think like you know, there was we got home last night and like I got into bed and and Allie's asleep and I started like bitching and moaning about the game and she <laughs> she goes you know what what was the play where Tua dropped back and we're like on like the 12 yard line or something like that like in LSU territory and he drops back and there's like the 
just the Red Sea parts and he can just walk into the end zone. And I was like, I, I was at the, yep. the tailgate and I screamed like, run it! Like freaked out, sorry for yelling. Like, like run it! Not only did he not run it, but then there's a, a receiver, I think it was Ruggs, just streaking free like at the back of this very open space. And it ended up like, I think resulting in incompletion to another receiver. And it was like, I, I, he just, that play should have happened. But what bothers me is the third down run on third and four, where he looks like he has the opportunity to get a first down. Right? I know your ankles hurt. You know the best way to avoid contact with your ankle? Get your damn head and your helmet down and dive cross across the first down line. That's the be- your ankle is the furthest thing away from a defender at that point. And he slid and was a yard short. And then we got stopped on fourth down. Now I'm pissed. He got stopped on fourth down on a BS call that should have been overturned and it wasn't. But that kind of stuff is – that's what I'm talking – like I want somebody that I know is going to go out there and win me a football game. God you never, it. And you never question that with, with, with Joe Burrow. Wait a minute. Did I – hear you right in saying that you crawled into bed and said this and you and Allie broke this yeah for like 30 minutes pillow talk she loves she- <laughs> can we just talk <laughs> so there there are interesting questions with Bama what this means long term everybody's trying to break down you know we talked about this coming into this game if Alabama loses this game is it eliminated from the playoff I'm never going to say never and say that they're definitively eliminated, but here's the issue, and everybody knows this by now. There is only one matchup left against a current top 25 team. Everybody yeah. knew the resume, what it was coming in. Bama was given the benefit of the doubt because it hadn't had a close game yet, despite the fact that it didn't have those quality wins. Now, with one loss, we expect, and we're going to know, on, we're going to find out on Tuesday night, they're probably going to be ranked behind a team like Georgia. could even be ranked behind a team like Oregon. That'll be interesting. I don't think they'll be ranked behind Oregon, but they'll be ranked behind Georgia. All the more things I've been saying on Twitter about the Pac-12 are coming back to haunt me. So what does this mean now for, and, you know, Bama, I, I essentially think that Bama needs 2007 to happen all over again. Chaos. Yeah. Just chaos at I the mean, top. Probably so. And I guess, you know, if we're, if we're talking about, that, like, I'll, I'll just I'll say this and, and Bama fans listen up and if you're a fan of another team that's been waiting on that like for me to yell you know I already did like here you go like Bama is first off one of the top four teams in the country if you don't think that from what you've seen you're out of your effing mind yeah. and I don't care how that sounds there's no there's no part of an objective person and a rational person that could watch that game and think well Bama looked bad early in the first half they're playing what, probably the top team in the country everything that could go wrong went wrong but here's the deal Alabama in no way deserves to be in that top four with that schedule they have right now. They, they did not do enough. They had every chance to, to go ahead and prove the committee, and it sucks. That's the one game you have to win. You're at home. You had all these chances to, to prove this, and it, it sucks that you weren't able to do it because it's a five-point loss to a very good team. But here's the thing. You didn't schedule enough enough people in the front end of that, and I know that stuff's made long in advance, and I know I do believe that people have made way too much big of a deal out of that because Bam, look, like, you know, people are looking for a reason for Bama to not make it to the playoff. They're looking for a reason to bury you. People are over Bama. They, I, I've said it since the beginning of the season. You gave them one. You yep. gave them one. You flat out gave them one, Bama. And that's what pisses me off is because you had a chance to go out there and prove about it. You had a chance to go out and prove me wrong. But what did you do? You, you pissed your pants in public. You dropped. You missed an extra point, shockingly. You have a, a ball go through your hands on, on the punt. Everything you couldn't do, you did. And you did in the first half of the game. You buried yourself. You embarrassed yourself on national television. You lost. And then you got torched on defense. Then you, look, your quarterback put up 418 yards and threw for four touchdowns. Najee Harris had the best game of his entire damn He's career. Lost. You're in Bryant-Denny Stadium, the president's there, all these things. And you lost, and you don't deserve to be in the Final Four as of right now because of the, because of the rest of your schedule. No one gives a, 
Oh, I cannot believe I've It's not going to be 2017 all over again. And the people that are saying, well, oh, Bama got in as a one loss, non Because those teams are the best team in the country. Yeah. This one team, is not. The set of circumstances is different. The resume is going to be different. And I think that we're going, and it's not just, oh, well, Bama's lost against LSU. Like, Georgia's loss against South Carolina was worse than Bama's loss. Well, Georgia's also beat top 10 teams, and that makes a difference. So. We're going to talk a lot more in terms of the playoff, in terms of what this means for for Saban's legacy, all that throughout the rest of the season. The good. Let's can we, can we move on from from this? I know. I do want to say one last thing. We talked about this about the the Orgeron thing, and and this is the 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 I've been I've tried to be as objective as possible, like I said, up until this point. The fan in me is going to say one thing: all of the we own this place talk. Allow me to just throw some facts out here right now. Oh boy! And I love Coach O. No, no, for real though. And like I tell you, this is what this is what pisses me off because, again, this would not be celebrated if it was somebody else. And I love the enthusiasm, and everyone does, and blah blah blah. Other coaches wouldn't get away with it, but if we're talking about a realistic thing, and I said this with you yesterday, I said, "What does this do for Saban? Like, what what does this do? Because like I, I've been over our fans. If I was a coach in Tuscaloosa, I would want to leave a long time ago. I wouldn't want to like for these fans, no, but." When you hear a coach be that just brazen and and brash and and like he was just arrogant, arrogant is what he was. He was arrogant, just flat out about this is not gonna be the last time we're gonna we're gonna beat them again. This is our house. Let me tell you something about your house, sir. You've lost. We've won. We've lost five games in Death Valley since 1958. That is 60 years of football. You, I, I, big win yesterday. Joe Burrow's going to win the Heisman. LSU can win a national championship. Let's pump the effing brakes on you coming into another stadium after losing eight games in a row and saying, this is our house now. Get the out of here with that. On that note. Go on. Let's, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about our weekend in Georgia and what we got to, what we got to do the last couple of days. Cause it was awesome. I mean, as, as much like as, as crazy, as much as that game sort of dominated our weekend, like the things that happened outside of it were again, really cool. I know yeah. we, were, we were sort of gushing a couple weeks ago about the weekend that we had in new Orleans. We had another phenomenal weekend and you, our listeners were a huge, huge reason why we're so grateful for that. So Friday night, we went out to dinner in a little local place right by your, right by your, That's where I got fired house, in 2013, where you got fired in 2013 coming full circle um we got to go out with bobby Burchins and his wife we got to go out with sarthak who's a mississippi state grad yeah had a lot of fun buddy robbie buffington just it, it was great got to catch up with them got to talk about stuff on the pod just talk about fcq football in general had you know got to spend a couple hours with them fantastic saturday morning we wake up by the way this is a little peel behind the onion for those of you who are waiting for me to say that so Saturday morning, we got to, we got to tailgate all day with our guy, Candler Cook, who's the former Georgia walk-on. We brought him up many times on this here podcast. He was the one who hooked us up with the sweet tickets for the game. Got to hang out with him, his girlfriend, Ashley, Brian Wendell, a bunch Brian of- Brian Wendell's the man, dude. Brian Wendell's the awesome, I, I was I was so bummed. I said this afterwards. I was like, there was- like the uh, Candler was great too. Like I had a blast with everybody. I just that was. I wish uh, Brian would have got to in the games. I had a blast with him, man. He was great. He, like, His he awesome. was cool, man. It was it was such a great time. We got to play a little little can jam. Yeah, fun fun. Real bad at that. Fr- fun little frisbee game for us. Not a, not quite pop a shot for you. Not quite ski ball for me. Yeah, but it was awesome. I mean, the day itself, we got to watch. We got to watch all the Bama game because they had a TV set up right there. We go into. Well, we didn't get to watch all the Bama game. Well, we missed, was, but, he, but it was quarter. Candler was. We missed the entire third quarter, which which sucked. But like. 
um, that wasn't Kenley's fault. Kenley went out of his way to make sure that like there was never like like it was it was super nice and helpful. That something he did not have to do at all yeah. to try to make sure we could see that. It was the ushers at the at Stanford Stadium who literally didn't know where our tickets were. Yes. Five different people. We didn't either. So we so like we I went into this thinking, okay, when you sit in a suite, that's usually you know somewhere above the one hundred level um, in a box somewhere, yeah. and you you know there's an indoor area, and then you you know you can go out onto the seats out in, in front of this little box. And that was not the case. We get to, we're, we had no idea where we were going because we were on the field actually before the game. And ironically enough, we're, we're I was hoping to be able to meet Ugga, but he doesn't come to his doghouse until 20 minutes before the game. Different story. But we're on the field, and then we Candler takes us over. He's like, "Oh yeah, the suite's behind the end zone." So we're like, "What?" So the suite it was basically like almost field level in terms of height and all that. And we're um, as Marler's taking a picture right now, recording this here podcast. Um, so we are taken to this the, the suite right behind the, the Georgia end zone, the north end zone there, and it was awesome. I mean, fantastic. Had our own little little section um, with you know with seats right there, all the food you could ever want. Behind, you know, like underneath hot the dogs for days. Marler over under four and a half hot dogs that you had. Uh, well over, yeah. Um, ate a ton of food, like got to, you know, spend all that time with, with, you know, his, his friends, all that. It was really, really fun. Um, and made sure to obviously catch, you know, the, we, we caught the full fourth quarter of the Bama game as well, but it was amazing. And I had never been to Athens before and getting to experience it like that for me yeah. was just as good as it gets. I, I explained to so many people like, this is your first time in Athens. How was your first time in Athens? I'm like, you know what? Grew up in the Midwest. I've experienced a lot There's of nothing like it for the first time. It's, it was it, fantastic. And you came at a perfect time too because it was so beautiful. It was also so it was a year to the day, like almost a year to the day since I went to that, that Auburn game last year. It's just such a beautiful campus, and like this time I of year, the leaves man. changing, and it's like I wish you would have got to see more of it. Because um, once we got there, we were pretty like standstill, and like I was able to go meet up with some of you guys, and and we tried our best. Like logistically, it was it was impossible to meet up with everybody. Yeah, and and like. You know, once three thirty rolled around, like yeah, I'm not moving from the Bama game because like one, we need to cover it with our job, and then two, like you know, oh god, what happened? I, my eyes. I, so you just um, oh, so I just got a text from Chris Wright. Little peel behind the onion here. Oh as we're recording this, Chad Morris is fired. fired. Good. So that's fine. We're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to keep talking about. We'll, we'll keep talking about it because <laughs> we're going to get yeah. to that. Gonna, Athens, but no, it was. I've been to Athens a bazillion times. It was weird going in because it was like. I said it since on Friday to Sarthak or, or somebody after about Sarthak. I was like. He was like, he went to UGA for law school and and I was like whenever I tell stories about Athens usually when I tell stories that involve drinking in general I I tend to wait to see where the person I'm talking to uh, sets the bar first with their story yes to know what I'm allowed to open up with because it's a just a treasure trove of of things that probably should never be shared um, <laughs> and we're we're passing through all these different places and it was like I slept there and it was like outside and then like you know just all these all these different. I don't want to brown out memories is what I'll say. And, uh, and, but it's, it's just such a great place, but I've never experienced like that, like go, going into the stadium and getting to go down the field. And then, and that whole sweet thing was, was cool. It was really perfect. Yeah. All the, all the food you could ever want and to all the drinks you could ever want. And there was ice cream. Oh yeah. There was so many LSU fans there. A lot of LSU fans there. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just a, a fun way to experience game. Very grateful that, that Candler was so nice to bring us along for that experience. Something that, you know, I, I, even, even from the media perspective, you know, you can yeah. watch part of the game from down on the field. You can watch the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, but yeah. getting to watch it like that where, you know, it was cold out. <laughs> so it was like 38 degrees. It was perfect for me because I was still sweating and heated from the, that family game. But it was, it was like 
The Sanford Stadium is just different. It's just a different, like, and I don't think it's necessarily the best stadium in the SEC. I'm not trying to say that. I will always say Athens is the best city. There's just something different about that group. And we got to see Willie Gray. That was that was really oh, cool. Yeah, very cool. He's, he's like a season ticket holder. He didn't. He's never been down on the field. Which that's. I just love being like, like that's such a cool moment. That's such a cool moment for for fans. And it was cool for us. I have goosebumps right now. I don't even know why. I'm so grateful though that look at the, look at the last couple of weeks. I mean, this is going to be a sick brag, but how people who have who have listened to this podcast or who have reached out to us who i mean Candler was reciting stuff and opinions and stuff that we've had on yeah. our site he recited it throughout the day and including the lsu trip where you know people like mickey Sheremy, just yeah. uh, nick halby like you know these these people who went out of their way to show us a good time and i feel like we've gotten such great like peak sec experiences yeah. the last couple of weeks and even though it wasn't a game that necessarily everybody had marked on their calendars and you know we find out that taylor powell is, is playing in this game instead of kelly bryant and it wasn't going to be competitive it still to me meant so much that in you know experiencing these places i feel like we have truly been able to get the full experience yeah no that's and that's a really good point and i tell you what it's it's really cool too and like i don't care how this sounds there's not there's not things many things cooler than than going somewhere and and then being recognized i wish i was still pretty when that was happening but like <laughs> um no that, that part's like really cool and, and and that's like not like from an arrogant standpoint just because it's like it's just cool that that like we're able to like the, like the relationships we've been able to build with you guys and like and like hang, i feel like i've been hanging out with friends all all year Same. besides connor and like i uh no like but like all the guys yesterday it's like it's just the texas pete stuff and and like going to these tailgates and it's just it's been really cool building these relationships and then in getting to experience your favorite thing exactly and which which is like be like you know some of them have become our favorite things it's it's really cool this season has been uh, an absolute win we've really set the bar too high for ourselves we can't go to lexington i know yeah well lexington we would go there and we would follow around tom hart because that would be true lexington I um, light show is pretty cool too. Light way. show is sick, huh? Light show is uh, and then, see, uh, there's just like I was freaking out because like I was like, Carter, you have to go outside and see this. At the beginning, you want to hear the yep. and like, you know, it's Saturday in Athens and like Saturday, and then playing Bob O'Reilly. I love that entrance and that that especially with the lights going out, it is legit. Can it was awkward it because it was like six minutes to go in the fourth in the Bama game when that was oh, happening, yeah, yeah. and so, um, but it was yeah, it was cool, man. It was that that stadium was electric. So let's start with uh, let's do one thing I liked, and let's start with um, let's start with that game that we were at the Mizzou Georgia game. Georgia fans know this. The defense is unreal. I looked at you so in good. the first quarter, and I said Mizzou's not scoring a point tonight. Right? Yeah, they're, they're not going to score a point tonight. I don't know if they would have scored a point with Kelly Bryant to be out there. Uh, and, I don't. Yeah, with the way he's played recently, I don't, I don't know either. They they just. You, I mean, and, and we I made the stat about you know how much how how much worse they've been on the road. They're scoring twenty three points less per game on the road. This wasn't that. This was just you had you were overmatched and it was never going to be close. Yeah, no UGA's chance. UGA. I, I will. I will one hundred percent say I never gave UGA's defense enough credit at the beginning of the season. I'm doing it say. now, but like they are absolutely elite. I I think I don't. Chase Young is great. This is the best defense I think in the country. I think it is, and it makes us all they're so disciplined. They're so disciplined. Oh, there there was that one. There was a play. So we're sitting behind the end zone there, the north end zone, and there's a play where Mizzou's on their own ten yard line, or you know, no, no, they're driving actually. They're like inside of like yeah. five. They're inside the yeah. end zone, so it was the other way around, and um, they run this like triple option play or something like that. My eyes go way to the left. I'm looking at the receiver who's running a jet sweep, and then my eyes come way back to the right, and there's a running back who looks like he's running a, a draw or something like that. And meanwhile, the entire swarm of Georgia's defense is just 
fixated on the ball carrier. And I'm like, every single person on that Georgia defense knew where the ball was going, and I was fooled twice on that play. Yeah. The discipline that they had. When you said it, that I didn't say, I didn't say it to you in the moment, but you were like, oh my God, I looked right, and then I was following this guy, and I was like, yeah, that was the same for me. Yeah. yeah same, like, same, and I was like, hell of a lot backer. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. That would be a big, they, they were, I'd say what I missed from Kirby, and this, I don't, I don't not trying to make it's like a Bama thing, but like the, the Trayvon Diggs and tackling up high and all the missed tackles and, and the toughness from that. I miss I miss that defense like it being like so swarming. It's it's a good feeling to know if you're even if your offense is sputtering or if you throw a pick or anything like that. All day like Georgia was. Yeah, it, like yeah. And I, but it, it, I got to see it live, and this wasn't like the Kentucky thing for me. I didn't I didn't think it was the opposite. And granted, like you know, we weren't able to watch it as close in the first quarter of the game. They were still stretching the field though. And yeah, still, like, actually taking shots downfield. And the I guy Pickens involved, and yeah, you know what I mean. Like I just this this was one of those things. I the discipline of this defense. They are so good. And, and, you know, they're young. Yeah, very, very young. I cannot wait for LSU's offense against Georgia's defense. I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. That's assuming, so assuming we get that. That's the matchup right now. And then Bama plays them in the first round of the playoff after that. That's going to be sick. <laughs> Let's move on to the game that we actually stayed after the um, after the conclusion of Mizzou-Georgia. We yeah. stayed to watch this game, the rest of the game on TV. Kentucky and, and Tennessee – a game that I thought Kentucky was going to win. Um, they were they were up by by double digits in this one, but shut out after the first quarter. The thing that I liked, how about that goal line stand from Tennessee's defense, Jeremy Pruitt's yeah. defense, to hold strong in that moment when everybody in that stadium is just waiting to erupt. You're thinking Lynn Bowden, game winning touchdown right. right here in the final minute, trying to run this triple option type play and the discipline, like we just talked about with Georgia's defense. Tennessee had discipline in that moment yeah. to hold strong, and they made the adjustments in that game, and that was what we were criticizing Jeremy Pruitt for all year is where are the adjustments going to come? They right. finally figured out, all right, this is how we're going to be able to shut down Lynn Bowden in this in this Ellis or in this uh, this Kentucky offense that well, they won't shut down LSU's offense. Yeah, they won't shut down LSU's. But, no, I mean you're right. It's it's, it's and you know what's interesting too is it, like it, credit credit Kentucky. I have to like get into like watch this game like you know. I don't think they were necessarily like overmatched by any means with Tennessee. Tennessee hasn't been like that dominant of a team this year. Um, but Kentucky being able to hang in there late with Lynn, but this this offense is just so one dimensional, and, and you know exactly what's coming. Like you, like I brought up the other day, seventy nine percent of their plays, seventy nine percent of their total plays in the last three games have been running plays. Yep. Um, but like, so I was impressed they hung in there. But for for Tennessee, man. What a turnaround, not only in the season. This game, you go down 13-0 in the first quarter. I brought up the, their running, their rush defense as being like one of the reasons they've had such a big turnaround because in three of their last – the three their three wins in the last four games before this one, I think the key to it is the fact their, their rush defense was giving up 50 yards less than their season average. Yep. And, and for them to go down 13-0 on the road in a place that's like – I don't think, you know – Kroger Field, I was going to say Commonwealth Stadium, but Kroger Field is like Death Valley by any means. But, you know, they're 5-0 and at home. They're 5-0 and against the spread there. They've been they've been tougher at home. They lost to Florida at home. Yeah, and Tennessee's played two road games so far this year, and they lost by a combined score 69-16. Nice. nice. Um, but, yeah, so I was, I was impressed with I was impressed with both sides, but especially with Tennessee. It, like, getting this thing back on track. I'm amazed that they're going to they're gonna go to a bowl game. They're gonna, yeah, I, we laughed at that. Possible. I laughed at that possibility. I kept saying. Andy beats Tennessee. I kept saying, that's not possible. That's not going to happen. I'm Ooh, having trouble connecting Alexa, to Alexa, off. Alexa. Sorry, guys. The help section in your Alexa. Alexa wanted to join in on the podcast. Um, she doesn't know that she's not part of this. This is a two-person podcast. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, save it for later. <laughs> but, yeah, Tennessee, what a, what a turnaround. Give Jeremy Pruitt a lot of credit. He did, he's going to do something that I didn't think was possible, which was get outscored 
by an even worse margin against the likes of Georgia, Florida, and Bama, and still probably have fans believing in his vision at the end of the season. Yeah. Tip of the cap to them. They're set up to do some really good things and have a lot of offseason momentum. Let's go to New Mexico State and Ole Miss. Just a arm burner of a game. Real quick. How about that line, though, baby? That line First half line hits. Second. I tell you what. You got both. The one, the one pat on the back, and now I have a smile on my face. Because my buddy just texted me the picks for today for the NFL. Shout out to Travis May, and I said I'm too emotionally broken and damaged to gamble today. Yeah. I'm lying because yesterday that was the one. That was the one bright side. I had like ten out of the twelve bets I brought up on here. This is true. This is true. New Mexico State had no chance of slowing down John Ray. No, he is that dude. That was the one thing I liked, and I liked that Ole Miss stuck with him. Matt Brown only had two pass attempts in this game. He decided to to actually just say, you know what, you should be able to win this game for us. And sure enough, he had 177 rushing yards, two touchdowns, had a really really long run. Or looked like he was going to take it all the way. I mean, sometimes you won't go out there, man. Talk Matt Luke, Matt Luke. I mean, sometimes you won't surf and surf. And what we decide as a program, you just kind of only have the surf. You don't have one thing. Sometimes you don't need to have both things in there all the time. We got we got all our goals still in front of us right now. No, they don't. No, they do not. They can play. No, they they can play LSU. Uh, New Mexico State doesn't have a win on the season yet. I think Ole Miss fans yeah. by the end of it, uh, they 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 saw why. Good to see though, but like to not take away from uh, Ole Miss. Like this is a team that's been close on a lot of games. Like recently, that you know would have been huge wins for Matt Luke. Um, good to see them go out there and dominate a team they should go out and dominate. Yes, absolutely. Let's move on to another blowout: Florida and Bandy. Damn, Florida, fifty-six to nothing. I loved. We talked about this last week on the pod. Florida's post UGA response. How many? So they were what? Four one? games in a row. They they had not covered the spread um, in games following the UGA game. Yeah. And then the last five games, <clears throat> they've beaten Vanderbilt. Obviously, they've beaten them twenty seven out of twenty eight years. Last five victories they've had against them, they have been uh, by an average of eleven and a half points or ten and a half points. They were down in the fourth quarter in this game last half. year on the road. Yeah. They were down in this game last year, and they you know they get off to a little bit of a slow start. It's fourteen up. Twelve o'clock start kickoff. Like that's not that's. So everything sets up perfectly, like with those yep. those numbers we gave you. And especially if you're not disciplined defensively against that team, Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn is somebody who can break off a 60 yard run like nothing. Right. And what did Keyshawn Vaughn do against that defense? Absolutely nothing. Vandy had 51 rushing yards on 40 carries. That's that, it, that's insane. And, and the thing is, and again, we keep. I feel like we say this every week with Florida. They still have so many people out on that defense, and they keep Zuniga showing up. Doesn't play Moon doesn't yes. play this one. It's like it's one of those things, here. too, for Florida fans. It, it like I don't know if I'm not saying they would have beat Georgia or they would have beat LSU or you know or Bama or one of those things. But this is going to be one of those things that we look at later on the road. Like if injuries didn't creep up here, because we didn't even talk about Felipe Franks. <laughs> like yeah. if like if injuries didn't creep up here and, and impact the season so much in every game. What would this team look like? Florida, this is still such an impressive win. Florida is a very good football team yeah. who is going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. I think that mm-hmm. watching this team, it's it, yeah, because I mean they, they they went to a New Year's Six Bowl at nine and three last year. They're going to sit there with a very good chance to finish. Yeah, you got to think season. also that like that means three SEC teams would go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, which could easily happen. Mm-hmm. I think that could easily. I think four. I think four SEC teams could go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Who's the fourth? Bama, Georgia, LSU, and then Florida as well. Oh, I wasn't counting the playoffs as a New Year's Six Bowl. I was yeah, counting which, that as which is. Okay. Uh, I think I think Florida is, is setting itself up well, playing well down the stretch. Great to see that from Dan Mullen's team. How about Appy State? Which, by the way, I apologize. It was not a typo from Michael Wayne Bratton. It, in fact, was a little bit of a troll job because I had no idea that Appy State was actually a thing. Yeah. Found out the hard way. Apologies. Our news team crushes it. I say that all the time. My bad. Did not mean to do that. Appalachian State, we'll just call them that. 
beat South Carolina. There wasn't much that I liked from South Carolina in this game, but I'd be remiss if I didn't give Brian Edwards a little bit of a shout out here. The South Carolina receiver who goes down early in this game and all Ryan Walensky has to do to give Brian Edwards this great, huge walk-off moment is just put a ball somewhere near him and instead he overthrows him in the end zone and they don't get that walk-off touchdown that just would have been such a huge win for Will Muschamp. And instead, he loses to a group of five team at home. And yes, Appalachian State is a very good group of five team, but it's brutal, brutal. For this game chances. made no sense to me. And like, and admittedly, since the circumstances of where we were and like TVs and stuff, we got to see part of it, but very, very briefly. And I was like, like afterwards, we're trying to catch up on this, and, and we're like, <laughs> what is this like, I was like, what, what in the hell? They gave up 11 first downs. They gave up 202 total yards, and it, and seemingly were never in it. Like it, they were behind almost the entire game. They had to rally, scored that late touchdown to make it a 2015 game, and oh, that is South Carolina threw the ball. Ryan Linsky threw the ball 57 times. You know what? You know what? Will champ is for South Carolina fans. I'll say it, whatever. PBR is kicking in. A librarian? No, <laughs> no but I hate it when you said that. <laughs> librarian. Um, what my champ is, is like, you've all known somebody or at least like seen it like in movies, like where there's like some like asshole guy that like cheats on his girlfriend or cheats Whoa. on his wife and he's like, he's like he's an baby, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. And then like they keep taking him back and they're like, okay, listen, he has a problem. He, he was drunk or he, fi- he fixed it and, and then like he does it again. Like every week he does something good. He's like, I got her flowers. I beat Georgia. And next week he's like, I'm sorry, slept with the, the accountant or the well, accountant, slept with the administrative assistant again. Like stop, just just do do good consistently, Will. We want everyone's pulling for you. Well, we don't get it, man. We can't figure out your team. We have no idea what to expect on a week to week basis. Obviously, I'm not saying he's an adulterer. That was not that was. No, I'm just. It's like it's like every time he wins over them, he just immediately. Maybe, you know, a puppy. Puppy would have been a better one. Puppy. It's like it's like, oh my god, you're so cute, and then also like poops everywhere. Just stuff that would have been better. That would have been better than adulterer. <laughs> we don't need to get into. He's a puppy that there. cheats on his wife. Yikes. Um. South Carolina, though, South Carolina fans right now, very, very oh, frustrated. It's been, a, it's been a lifetime since that Georgia win, and it's hard to, to picture looking back on that. Obviously, the matchup set up well, and at the time, we could dissect it and why it made sense, but South Carolina, the offense has not progressed like we hoped it would. We thought that uh, we thought it was going to be the rise of freshman quarterbacks this year. By this time of year, we were expecting guys like Ryan Helensky and Bo Nix to look really, really good, and that has just not been the case yet. Really unfortunate to see that. All right. Speaking of SEC teams losing at home. You got a text from from C-Ride. Duff just texted me. We got breaking news on here. So, at the time that we started this, we did not know that Chad Morris was fired. But now, should have been before we started. But now, <laughs> should have been when we drove home yesterday. Now we know that Chad Morris is fired. I went on record a lot during the week leading up to this game saying, you know what? And by the way, the thing I liked about this game was absolutely nothing. That's yeah. literally what I have in here is nothing. Because when you lose by... 26 points to Western Kentucky and your former quarterback, Ty Story, you, you don't get anything. You don't get anything. Sorry, no. King Boyd, you ran for 23 yards carry. Your, your he head was two enough to be able to put you in spots where you get done. Hold on, but carries. say that again. The 20, he had 23 <laughs> yards per carry. And it was by 26. He Connor told me that this morning, and I said, I hate, I'm just so tired of football. I'm just like, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, And, and honestly, this may sound harsh and maybe not realistic, but dude, he should have quit. He should have quit immediately following that game. You, you, what you're doing, it's not about like taking time to do this and that. I tell you what, and this is going to be over dramatic, but as somebody that grew up here and it's like, 
I know I didn't go to Bama, but people are so damn proud of their schools and their teams and who they root for. There's a lot of pride that goes into supporting these schools. You do not get to go out and run our program. If you're an Arkansas fan, you do not get to go out and run our program into the ground and embarrass us. Like, like we had a coach who had us in the Sugar Bowl in the top 10 and then fell off a damn motorcycle or whatever and cheated. He, was, he cheated on us. Well. Speaking of adults. Yeah. But like, We've had we've had so many embarrassing moments. We had John L. Smith as a head coach for some reason. Oh, then we hired like literally a bear of a human being in Brett Bielema as a head coach. We've done enough to embarrass ourselves. You do not get to come in here and tarnish our reputation, our school, our like everything it stands for. This is pathetic. He's pathetic. Chad Morris has as many wins against Power Five teams as you and I combined. Seven? Not quite. <laughs> a little bit seven less than that. Chad Morris, Chad Morris there comes to to an end. Chad Morris said, is sympathetic. His coaching effort here is pathetic. Yeah, I, coming into this, I said, you know what? You, you can't keep from what. There's nothing. There's nothing that would make you feel confident if you lose this game. And to lose this game in that fashion said to the brass, Hunter Juracek, who made this bold hire of Chad Morris, missed out on the Gus Malzahn stuff. And that's a fascinating thing to look back on. If Gus Malzahn had taken the Arkansas job, what a great what if in this decade in SEC yeah. history and all that stuff. But to to sit there and say yeah we believe in you still no well and no one no one had yeah and it's we, we you know what to be fair we criticized Tennessee fans early in the year about like going here and supporting your team and 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 you know like filling up the stadium and, and Arkansas fans we kind of just was like yeah we get it and yeah. we, like it's like I tell you what I remember I brought this up to you before in 2003 Bama lost to uh, Arkansas in double overtime and you know what it was from a missed field goal oh, um, but like I remember walking out of the stadium my, we had season tickets and my dad was like. I'm not, we're not renewing the season tickets. We're not, I'm not spending any more money on this program until they prove that like, this is like worth my time. And that was dumb. I was, he would have kept him <laughs> for the saving year. But like, but no, if you're an Arkansas fan, I'm sorry, man. Like I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. Like I will on social media with the gifts and stuff, but like this sucks, this sucks, man. And it, it, you know, what really like just absolutely freaking blows is that, and they, they are passionate fans for basketball and for baseball, but for so many of the people that like wait nine months out of the year for football season to have to sit through this again, it's just, it's not okay. It's just not okay. Chad Morris finishes his tenure at Arkansas with a four and 18 record. Four and 18 record. That buyout was north of $10 million. What did he beat? He lost to Colorado State. But he beat them once as well. It's like a drum. Yeah. Let's not forget. They were 10 point favorite in that game. <laughs> Rest they were 20 point favorite the next week and lost. Rest in peace, Club Dub. Um, oh, we don't have to watch them dance anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I, it's one of the most bizarre SEC tenures that we've seen. I mean, to, to have a coach fail this miserably. This bad, when yeah. he, knew he was trying to overhaul the roster, and you know, I guess this is a, another part, another reminder that it takes time to overhaul a roster, and he wanted to do that, but you can't be that bad. Yeah, you just can't be. And I listen, like I, I know that they've they've sort of become like a joke in the SEC, but it's they've they've been a top ten team in the past decade. Okay, yeah. this is this is a team that like. I mean, the two, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Houston Nutt, well, Bobby Petrino's good, but like Houston Nutt might have been their, their best coach in a while. But like, you know, this is a, this is still, whether people want to believe it or not or do the research on it, but this is a program that's very proud and has like a a pretty rich tradition. Like they've won national championships, like they, they or at least won national championship. Like this is just not okay. This is just not okay in the SEC. And I know it's, it's tough to say it because somebody's got to be at the bottom. Yep. So just with the way this thing is set up, somebody's got to be at the bottom. Um, Moving on from that. Quick, real quick. 
Somebody who I'd like to see replace Chad Morris. That's what I was about to say. Okay. Damn it. Well, you said moving on. Give me top five. Go. These jeans like are not see, comfortable. I'd like to see Mike Norvell. God dang it, Connor. We're on the same page. That's exactly what I was going to say. If Mike Norvell, Mike Norvell's going to have some oh, options. That audio level coach. is bad. Yeah, real bad. Um, I think Mike Norvell's going to have some options if the Ole Miss job comes open. That's going to be an attractive potential yeah. landing spot for him. But I think I think that Mike Norvell is going to get a Power 5 job after this season, whether or not Arkansas gives him the full court press. But that, that's the other thing. is Maybe maybe even a group of five coach in his, in his spot would look at that Arkansas situation and say, I don't want to go there. Yeah. And rebuild the entire roster. And yeah, you've had a nice recruiting class coming in, but it's still such a young team. You still got to build that program up from the ground floor and in that division. What's your and compete with like? Texas and like you th- in Arkansas, you get you have inroads with Texas, but that's what we thought with Chad Morris for recruiting. Yeah, but ever since Tom Herman and Jimbo Fisher come into the state of Texas, yeah. you're not getting and you're already guys. having to compete with the rest of the SEC. It's oh man, I I don't know who's going to take that job. I, somebody who is who is hungry for. Uh, a potential change. I don't know. I mean, maybe like Bill Clark at UAB, somebody like that. I don't know why he would. I don't know. I don't know. This is a yeah. real, this is not an attractive job, and I think that's what Arkansas fans sort of realized a couple years ago when Chad Morris was the one who took Steve it. Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, there we go. There we go. Lane Kiffin. No, Lane Kiffin would not take that job. Um, but it's going to be an interesting coaching search. Got a lot of time to be able to do this. Yeah. Power five coaches are going well, left and right. One question that you would be interesting, and I think I know the answer to it. Maybe this is a dumb question. If you're a if you're a coach, like you looking at Arkansas or Florida State is a better opportunity. Florida State, not even close. Okay. Not even close. That's what I figured. It's just, it's just because the expectations there are so much higher, and and like I mean, because you think about it, like Willie Taggart, he was awful, but he had a much better you can flip tenure than State. than Chad Morris. Yes, sir. You can definitely flip it at Florida State. I question how how quickly one can flip it at Arkansas. It's yeah. going to take a lot of time. All right. We have week 12 lines that we want to guess real quick here. Um, the slate, we do have Georgia Auburn, your favorite college football game. Thank God. Oh, yeah, this will be fun. Yeah. But otherwise, the slate, uh, not great. Not great. I think there are going to be some big spots. What? There's like OU Baylor? No, the SEC slate. Oh, okay. SEC slate. Let's start with Florida and Mizzou. I'm going to guess that line is going to be, keep in mind, Mizzou has just dominated Florida the last couple of years. And dominated. They're finally at home again. And Mizzou is finally at home. But I still think Florida will be a double-digit favorite. I have Florida minus 12, not knowing necessarily the status of Kelly Bryant, who we saw actually look pretty good in pregame warms. We thought he was going to uh, play. I'll say Florida minus 14 and a half. Minus 14 and a half. Yeah. Well, that'd be a lot. That'd uh, be a this lot. is not a good slate. No, oh, it's Navy not great. in Notre Dame. It's a ranked Oh, Wake Forest has got Clemson. Wake Forest is going to follow the top 25. Alabama gets to play a little... Little uh, get the bad taste out of our mouths type of game. I don't know what the the name of, of a game like that would be. Going on the road, going to Stark Vegas. Joe Moorhead coming off the bye. I still think Alabama's going to be a twenty seven point favorite in Stark Vegas. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know if they would cover that, but I would say around that it's probably probably fair. I don't, I, I I know the week after LSU's they they don't usually play that well. Like last year they won twenty four nothing. They covered the spread. Um, but you know, like 2012, we watched it. They lost a And M. Like that, that following week, that they there's a lot of room for letdown there. I want to look up the. I'll have that stat at some point this week. Just Bama response. I'm not ever looking up stats again because I'm going to appreciate them. Bama, Bama's response to regular season losses, yeah. how they play in those games. But yeah, I think they'll be uh, at least a. a I wonder if Tua plays. Or, oh, that's interesting. No. I think I'm still playing. Kentucky against Vandy. Ugh. Eesh. Is that home for Kentucky? It's on the road. It's in it's it's in Nash Vegas. Um, I still have Kentucky as a five and a half point favorite. 
Yeah, what? <laughs> even even in that, that raucous environment. Um, yeah, that's probably about right. I hate the number you threw out there, but I'm gonna, no, I'm going to say seven and a seven. half. Yeah, because, like, I mean, Vandy's really bad still, right? I mean, they didn't score a single point. Kentucky it's, hasn't been given the benefit of the doubt very no. much. Vandy still did actually play. What's the over-under in this game? Not high. Not high. Twelve? Not high. Vandy's quarterback situation is a mess right now. Yeah. That's not going to be a very high-scoring game, I wouldn't expect at least. Georgia and Auburn. Yes. Your favorite game. God, I'm so excited. I predicted in the preseason that Georgia was going to lose this game at Jordan-Hare. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. But, Georgia, given what we've seen from this elite defense, Auburn coming off a bye, I think Georgia's going to be a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I think that's all right. This this is weird. This is a line that was uh, seven-and-a-half to start the year and then drops to three or four-and-a-half. It's really weird. Um after South Carolina, maybe? No, no, no. This is like before that. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. It was like when, like, it was still preseason, I believe. Um, I, I don't know. Just what? Just put, y'all, leave your front door open. Let that cool fall air come in the house. Put on some chili. Get a sweatshirt on. Enjoy the greatest rivalry in all of college football. God, I love this game. You haven't said Piedmont Park yet. I have not because we moved away from it. But this is just made, like... Now I'm just getting sad because the season's about to be over. But this, there's just this is everything I love about SC football. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into it now. You're getting emotional. Too emotionally like damaged. Like getting emotional and guess the lines. If you talk to Ashley that we talked to last night, this next game is one of the best rivalries in the SEC. Underrated rivalry in the SEC. Yeah. Don't think it's going to be a very competitive game this year. But mm-hmm. LSU coming off of the monumental win against Alabama, against Ole Miss on the road in Oxford, I LSU is a 26 point favorite. Too much? No, it's all right. Okay. They're going to start getting those lines of ammo again. They they have to. They, they're better, yeah. <laughs> they're off what they do offensively. That, it's going to be interesting to see what a freshman quarterback that is mobile, that's like his main thing, because they're not going to throw the ball. I'm going to tell you already, the over-under that I'm going to set for this game when we do our, um, our, our midweek pod is going to be the word hangover is set from, from on the broadcast team. Going to be said a lot, potentially, before the game, and if LSU gets off to a slow start in this one. South Carolina and Texas A&M. So, I think A&M at home will be at least a double-digit favorite. I have, I have A&M minus 12 and a half. What's going on outside? Uh, Dogs barking. A&M. Is playing. <laughs> it's, it's at A&M? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, I don't... Well, maybe not... No, because nine and a half, I would hammer that. 12, yeah, maybe that's probably right. South Carolina's defense has still played pretty well. It's played pretty well against Appy State. They're on the road. They're they. Ooh, how do they? App State is a good team, but that that is that is bad. I don't know. I don't like this South Carolina program. Like, can you just you know what? Just rest everyone. Rest everyone. Fighting for bowl eligibility. Why would they do that? Rest everyone and 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 just beat Clemson. For the love of God, Clemson. Clemson. All right, we got him. He's here. He's coming in. He's wet. He's got better post-game Gatorade bath than he did against Texas A&M. Ha ha! You're here, Coach. How you doing, Con? Uh, once again. I don't care how you doing. I don't care how you doing. I want to talk to my man Chris over here. Coach, welcome in. Really nice for you to be here. You seen Saturday, Chris. <laughs> you, seen, you got a little pain behind no eye hat right now. All four of them, the glasses. Yeah, uh, yesterday was uh, not my favorite. I'm gonna tell you something, let, 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 let. Lose it happen. Lose it happen to everybody. Connor, you lost some 
Not to lost ball. Ball. Love. Never lost. Never lost. You're the ball. You're the ball over here. Huh? Okay. Okay. Let me tell you something. Everybody lose something. You asked Chad Moore. He lost a job today. Yikes. Too soon. Lost a game yesterday. Um, everybody lose. Everybody, it's not how you built back up. You got to build yourself. Coach, I don't want to build myself back up. I'd like to eat my feelings you like being sad I do like being sad put on some oversized sweatshirts some and Avril it's, I mean like sad Avril different Avril yeah I don't, I, ain't, I don't know Avril, Avril I'll tell you right now what I do about you pull a pot of gumbo pull, pull a big old pair of sweatpants you gonna sit on the couch go get your dog queso go get queso in here go cover them on the couch put on a little law and order draw the shade you know they got a marathon on Always on Sundays. You're right, yeah. Coach. That's pretty good. Uh, and probably Four Brothers will be on at some point today, too. Football Rescue, one. too. Yeah, it's cool. Um, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Put on the office. Whatever you want to do. Now, I'm going to tell you something. What I want you to do, though, stop paying yourself for this sadness every time this time of year. Because it's going to keep happening. It's going to oh. keep happening. Coach, oh. We're coming again. Coach. All right, Coach, that's probably enough out of you. Man. I've been very supportive of everything you've done. Uh, please put down my shake weight. I said, I gotta get a workout in quick. I gotta get a workout in. Listen, you want Pete Spear back up, get the endorphins in here. I do wanna leave you with this. Uh, I have officially changed Queso, Queso name. I got a new little dog tag. What is this? It's a little dog tag. Little collar, little collar. Oh, collar. <laughs> collar said, what is sacred? Are you, it says Queso, Q U E. S E A U X. Coach, probably see yourself. I, I don't see myself. I don't see myself. Right, I'm good day. Coach Joe, I think Marlon needs that. I think you really did. I want both of you out of my house. Yeah. Out of my life. I gotta catch a flight, so we're gonna go through a mind too much a little <laughs> quickly here. Uh, KTVZ, this is a no surprise at all. Um, uh, KTVZ out of Bend, Oregon reports that a person was shot in a post-LSU Alabama fight. Roll damn tide. Two men were apparently at home watching the game. Argument got physical, and as the victim left the room, um, walking out of the driveway, guy gets his shotgun, shoots him in the back of the head slash neck area. Um, victim had non-life-threatening injuries. Alcohol. Wait, shot him in the head? Shot him in the head with a shotgun. God. I'm sorry. Alcohol was believed to be involved, um, which is the least and daddy issues. That is a lot. Can you imagine, like, sitting down with your buddy watching a game and then just, like, ending the visit with a shotgun? I, I've, I've, like, when I was, like, a young, dumb idiot, I've, like, punched a wall. I've never... You've Andy Bernard at a wall? Yeah, yeah, several. But I, like, actually in 2011. But anyway. That was a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> that was an overreaction. She, uh, that is... It's, I don't feel like it's easy to... First off, how do you not see the shotgun coming? Not to... This guy's definitely the victim. Oh, he was Oh, yeah. He was walking. How about... You know what? I gotta find this guy. He might be invited to the wedding. He sounds crazy and unstable, but I mean, like... The this, victim or this, the... this just made me feel a little bit, like, nostalgic just because, you know, Bay is from Oregon. I'm a Bama fan. It just seemed like it was good timing for... for no, it's, I, this is craziness. Like, I mean... Like, like why are y'all watching this game out in Oregon? Yeah, that's a good question. Go sit under a cloud. It's always cloudy and rainy. Like it's a good national rainy. game. We're going to find out more details about that story. If somebody was a LSU fan, somebody was a Bama fan. What they were drinking? Because, like, out there, I don't feel like they... Like, what were we drinking? Like, a Pinot Noir and then, like, some, like, craft IPA? Like, I don't know. They're not sitting here cracking PBRs on a Sunday morning like we are. Yeah. That's for sure. All right. 
If you have not yet, make sure that you go join our Facebook group. We've had a lot of great stuff in there. Um, Ask Me Anything was fun. Yeah. I'm to be able to do that. I am sorry if I did not get to all your questions. Had a lot of stuff to get to. We, of course, got to meet some people on Friday night as well. Just an awesome weekend here. We're so grateful that we got to do this. Looking forward to the SEC Championship coming up in a few weeks. We expect it to be LSU. We expect it to be Georgia. But, Marler. Make sure that, uh, oh, we're doing Facebook Live on, are we doing Tuesdays from now on, yeah, and I should have said that last week, I, I didn't okay. even think about it, but from now on, it's on Tuesdays, it'll be at, uh, right after the, the selection show, so I think the show's usually at 7, right, from 7 to 8? It's going to be 7 to 8 this week, yes. Okay, so at 8 o'clock, we will jump on, we'll go over the reaction, and um, if these MFers put Bama at 4, they won't, they, they shouldn't, so, okay. but yeah, we'll do that, um, uh, we did it on Sunday as well, or I'm sorry, Saturday as well, so it'll be good. Yes, uh, make sure that you're following all of our great social media content. Follow us on Instagram at Saturday Down South. Follow us on Twitter at the STS Pod, at Vern Funquist, at CJ O'Gara. Marler. Or Matt Luke. We have Matt Luke in here? Or no, Matt Luke. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, she's like, she's like, that is in, infuriatingly like accurate. That was good. Yeah, you're Matt Luke. Y'all, y'all, let me tell you something right now. Like, I mean, next week, next week, we're going to do what Bama couldn't do. There you go. Not, not, not miss an extra point. Oh, we'll see y'all next week. It might mean too much. Talk to you guys later.